Hi, everybody. It's Mikey. Randy. And Buddy here. Welcome to our first installment of Fireside Chats. These are just occasional bonus episodes that we'll put out where we spend a little time talking about topical issues or stuff that is on our minds. First up, the outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus. From the slums of Shaolin, <laughs> Wuhan bug strikes again. <laughs> the Rizza, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspect the deck. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, we are going to talk <laughs> they, about. They did look like they had the flu. <laughs> oh, o- ODB, ODB did. definitely yeah. did. Yep. Uh, R.I.P. ODB. Yeah. We're talking today about the new outbreak of this coronavirus, which is making the news coming out of Wuhan region of China. Yeah. Have you guys heard about this? Definitely have. First time you hear coronavirus, what do you hear, right? It's like the reason people call out on a Monday from work is what it sounds like. That's true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or yeah. after Cinco de Mayo or something <laughs> That's like that. That's it, yeah. <laughs> it's a plague. This <laughs> sweeps the nation every May 6th. And the day after the Super Bowl. That's it, yes, exactly. But yeah, so I was trying to look into this because I didn't know exactly what a coronavirus was. But this one right there, it was initially identified during a mid-December 2019 in the city of Wuhan in central China. It's out of like an emerging cluster of people with pneumonia with no clear cause, which was linked primarily to stall holders who worked at a Wanan seafood market, which also sold live animals. Man, did you guys see this place? Yeah. No, I didn't actually see uh, pictures of that, man. So it's like, I can just imagine kind of a busy Chinese street with, it had a blue sign and it had the title you just read, Yeah. but it talks about they sold live foxes, alligators, giant salamanders. Everything. Just crazy camel meat yeah they're called they're called wet markets yeah and they're called wet markets basically because they do the slaughtering there okay so it's a little bit different than the like famous fish market over in seattle very different all right a little bit yeah yeah yeah. yeah, a little bit it's not like going to like buford highway farmer's market and you pick your fish out and stuff like that and you sort of do this but in this case you pick out like a koala and they kill it (laughs) and skin it in front of you but no for real like if you look at the pictures like randy's talking about it's just you're like Oh, man, that is very unsanitary. It looks scary. Uh, It looks real scary. Yeah, they do the slaughter there. This person here said that uh, there's a lot of skinning of dead animals in front of shoppers, and as a result, aerosolizing of all sorts of things, like the blood and stuff coming off there. Oh, man. It almost sounds like a murder movie or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. And like I said, this one here, the one on Seafood Market, I think that's how it's pronounced, at the time they were advertising a variety of live animals, including dogs, peacocks, otters, koalas and camels yikes oh wow yeah it's like a roman fucking circus man i mean i don't even know they said people from australia were shocked to find out that koalas were being sold in this market for like meat well they got to go somewhere after the fires that's i'm just kidding i'm I'm so sorry australia (laughs) yeah it's true but i mean are koalas indigenous to that area absolutely not they're only in australia yeah so yeah that's i mean like they're imported and then ouch yeah i don't understand that Man. Who would see one of those things and be like, mmm, tasty? Yeah. yeah. I guess give it a whirl. Hungry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they closed it out because that, like I said, they think it started from there. The the most likely, I guess they did a, a study that they thought it most likely was transmitted from snakes. Yep. Didn't they say it was like from snakes to bats? And bats. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew the bats had something to do with it because the strand of the virus is like 80% similar to SARS. But it is similar also to something that runs in bats. Right, right. Yeah. Now, one of the things that they are kind of questioning, though, is how it could have gone from a cold-blooded to a warm-blooded mammal. 
and then switch over to humans as yeah. well. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird jump. Hmm. Well, it uh, is strange, very yeah. Unique. And then right now, because it's so early in this, there's a lot of discussion and debate on where it came from. One study says it's basically straight from snakes. One says it's viruses from bats and snakes combining, but that's disputed by some scientists. Well, but yeah, okay, a coronavirus is not a reason to call in after Cinco de Mayo. It is actually <laughs> a type of common virus that can infect your nose, sinuses or upper throat it can spread much like cold viruses almost everyone gets coronavirus infection at least once in their life most likely as a young child i got that information from webmd everybody's favorite way to scare yourself into thinking that you have terminal cancer yeah, absolutely yeah. It is. Yep. you're gonna die because i got a runny nose have you guys seen the videos of the hospitals over there it's madness mm -hmm. right now it looks like something out of a movie the people are head to toe almost in like hazmat suits the yep. doctors and the nurses are they got bags hanging up in the hallway. There was people with sheets over them. They like, we don't know the status of the people with sheets over them. And you could probably guess what the status of the person with the sheet over them is. But yeah, and they're also saying that they are underreporting the number of illnesses and the number of deaths. That yes. is a big concern. A yeah. lot of people. And that's the sad thing is that because China and the Chinese government are notoriously like closed off and somewhat secretive, a lot of people are like, they're not reporting the real numbers here. And especially early on, because like the first stuff of this came out about a month ago in December and now it's starting to get a ton of uh, media play and stuff like that. But you know that China is very serious about this because they actually just widened a travel lockdown yeah. in central China during the Lunar New Year, which is China's busiest travel period. I yeah, saw they that, canceled some festivals and like some cultural yeah. New Year type stuff that was months in advance planned out. But yeah. they got to pull the plug on it. And yeah. plus the airport in that area is one of the major hubs for that entire region. It's a big international airport that goes yeah. out. And it's also the hub for the bullet train for that area right there. Hmm. So it's a lot of traffic goes on through that area and they're suspending a lot of it. Yeah. And if you see usually like a country like China, they pretend like, oh, everything is good. Just keep going about, you know, your daily routine and they don't stop that sort of normally. So it seems like they're panicking. That's concerning for right. sure. Oh, right? absolutely. Especially to the extent like we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is they're building a hospital in six fucking days. Six days. Six days. And that uh, can host yeah. like a thousand people or thousand something like that. Hospital. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the saddest thing is that uh, McDonald's has suspended business in five cities in China. I saw that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Quite you know, it's getting real. That's kind of like, what is it? The Waffle House alerts that go around here. And you know, how, like how dangerous something is like a, if the Waffle House closes. The world has ended. That's that's exactly yeah. right. They actually have it as like the, the Waffle House <laughs> scale. Yeah. For, like tornadoes and hurricanes and oh, stuff wow. like that. They hit. Yeah. They judge it how serious it is by how many Waffle Houses have closed down in that area. It's huh. very true. Yep. Not all of the McDonald's have closed. There's a couple that are around it that haven't closed. They've just stopped serving McSnake. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. I saw they shut down the Disney World, the closest one to that region they shut yeah. down. I want to say it was Shanghai. Yeah, it could be. I'm, yeah, honestly, I feel Shanghai. bad because like my geography of China is not great. Right. But I was looking. I did have a map pulled up just trying to figure out where this is at, you know. But yeah, you're dealing with a country where there's a billion plus fucking people, man. Yeah. And like I said, you're looking at uh, situations where they're dealing with like wet markets and stuff like that, which is just obviously a contamination risk. Would you hear how they think the humans are spreading it amongst each other? No. Sneezes and yeah. spit, saliva. Like, that's pretty yeah. standard. Like, yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Yeah. Ah, Sounds like the, the flu to I, me. I, yeah, yeah. It absolutely that's, is. Because that's how God. if you in an office space, you know, one guy comes in and sneezes yeah. and you're like, go home, man. But they all go home. And then a week later, because they, you know, 
I don't know, went and pissed and didn't wash their hands and grabbed the doorknob. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, I'm sick too. Yeah. It sucks, dude. But yeah, so it's, it obviously is like, it's a big deal and it's starting to spread. It is starting to spread. We have a number of countries right now that uh, have confirmed cases, which is uh, obviously China, Hong Kong, Japan, Macau, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, uh, Thailand, <laughs> Dylon, <laughs> Dylon, 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 and Dylon, the five hottest rappers of all time. Uh, the United States, Vietnam, and I just read before we started this, France now has two I cases. I saw that, Europe's yeah. first case, yep. And there are suspected cases in Canada, Finland, India, Malaysia, Nepal, Philippines, United Kingdom, and another case in the United States in Texas. Mm. I don't know how that's panning out right now. But one of the most alarming aspects of this rapidly spreading new virus is that perhaps there is a single patient who has infected 14 healthcare workers themselves, a super spreader. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, It was a infected 14 doctors and nurses. All of a sudden, they just came down with it in the hospital. So they're kind of curious about how it is spreading. I mean, they have their theories, but they're not 100% sure yet. It's a super spreader, sort of like, you know, at the end of Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze when it's super shredder and he's taking the the ooze and becomes super hyped up after Vanilla Ice does the Go Ninja Go, go Ninja, Ninja Go and the then crushes Go Ninja everybody. Rap. Yeah, yeah. So I was this is more like my push spreader in the yard when you yank it up to about twelve on the settings. That's right. Yeah, and you go and it's just a slinging fertilizer all over that the yard. True. Oh, uh, side note: I did see. Speaking of spreader stuff, whatever they have a uh, salt spreader in Scotland and they named it today Spready Mercury. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> R.I.P. Freddy. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. But what's really also scary is that apparently the Wuhan virus has reached uh, Xinjiang in western China, prompting fears that a million uh, Uyghur Muslims detained in prison camps across the region are actually going to be exposed to this. And conditions at the prison camp are dire with poor sanitation, hygiene, and cramped living conditions, according to former inmates. There are at least 465 scattered across the region. So, you know, besides being a human rights atrocity, it now also might serve as the world's largest Petri dish for a Wuhan coronavirus. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like it would spread pretty quickly in those conditions. And mutate potentially. Now, this is where I'm not a scientist or whatever. This sounds more like uh, I'm talking about like Resident Evil or something. (laughs) It's mutated and everybody's like a zombie. But yeah, I mean, it is something to be concerned about. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff in the news and people automatically panic about this. I remember the Ebola shit from 2014. Yeah, sure. And I'm not going to lie. That shit was scary, dude. It was scary. This is less scary to me just because I think that if I did get the Hunan coronavirus, dying that way would be a little bit less embarrassing than diarrhea and blood until I just expired in front of my family. (laughs) It's... Yeah, that's a pretty uh, harsh way to go, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Bleeding out your eyes. It's not how you picture things, right? No, you no. think of like how you're going to die, mm. it's not shitting yourself to death. Yeah, yeah, not blood coming out of your eyes and your family's like, oh God, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> so I was doing a little bit of reading on this and, you know, while this is something that's really big that's happening right now, I've heard a lot of doctors here in the U.S. are kind of not necessarily downplaying it, right. but saying that, you know, Influenza is already sickening 13 million Americans this winter and hospitalizing 120,000 mm-hmm. and killing 6,600. Yeah. And the flu season hasn't even peaked yet. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, you know, like, while this is spreading fast, sure. they're saying that, I mean, like, the flu is much more something deadly. that's, uh, yeah, much yeah. more deadly, much more a threat to, mm-hmm. you know, Americans here. And, you know, unfortunately, 
fewer than half adults got the flu shot this year and only 62 mm-hmm. percent of kids received it yeah i got my flu shot this year hell no I haven't gotten one in 20 years and yeah i won't you know I don't. you know what i don't get when's the last time you guys saw me with the flu it's true some people may not get I'm it. lucky. Now, I don't know if it's luck or I just don't get flu shots and I don't get the flu. Yeah. I know if people yeah. get flu shots and get the flu. Yeah, it does. Like, it's well, a, yeah, it's not a silver bullet. You can still get oh, the flu, yeah. certainly, from it. But it is like a mitigating factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's supposed to weaken it a lot and yeah. shorten the length of the time that you had it. Yeah. But I didn't get the flu shot this year and I had mm-hmm. the flu. And it was like for a week. And I mean, I was out of commission. Yeah. It, it, it was rough. The last time I got it was like 2011. I remember this because, you know, my son was just born. He was real little. Oh, yeah. And you have to get the flu shot before you have a kid. Yeah, dude. It hit me within 30 minutes. I went from being totally normal to being underneath like three blankets and just like straight shivering. Like my whole body hurt. The flu is gnarly. So the doctors, they're not wrong, you know I mean? But they're fucking, what, what do they know? They're <laughs> no. What kind of degrees do they have? No, I mean, it, it is true. But at the same time, it is sort of interesting. Like if you like extrapolate some of the information here, the infection and mortality rate of the Wuhan virus. Right. This is what I was reading just yesterday. So maybe this has changed. I don't know. But at the time they said that it had killed at least 25 people in China. And there was like about 830 that they were saying were infected. Now, of course, you have to question those numbers. But if you just do the math on that, that's like a fatality rate of about 3%. Well, right now, the flu is killing about 5%. Is that right? Is that 5% total? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, like it's hospitalizing 120,000 and killing 6,600. That's about 5%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, and in a bad year, the flu will kill up to 61,000 Americans. Well, I thought really? in a bad year, this is what actually I'm about to talk about, is the Spanish flu of 1918, which is the last real global pandemic, killed almost 3 to 6% of the entire global population. Yeah. When was it? Global 1918. Post-World War One, the Spanish flu killed 3 to 6% of the entire population population they were saying that of those infected its mortality rate was anywhere between 10 to 20 percent records were a little weird back then so you don't know for sure where did it originate spain no it, what's interesting about that is that it actually originated in countries that where the war was taking place but because spain was neutral they were more open about reporting this stuff uh. and so all the news reports were like oh there the flu is in spain but it, they most that's people where think, all the news is coming exactly from, right? exactly so they're like oh it's the spanish flu or whatever so it ended up that's its name or whatever hmm. but yeah it spread between 1918 and 1919 it killed like i said three percent to six percent of the world's population and i guess the thing with the wuhan virus seems more interesting than just the flu itself or whatever is the potential of it being like a novel new virus coming out of like cross species, right? So, you know, if like if you're going to extrapolate the numbers out and say, okay, cool, if you're assuming now at what it is now, it's like 3% mortality rate to infection rate or whatever, and then say, okay, if you were taking that number and comparing it to like the Spanish flu, where if you were like, okay, it killed 10 to 20% of the people that were infected with it, which meant 3 to 6% of the world population, you'd be looking at just under 1% of a global kill off if this thing actually did go completely global in the same way that the Spanish flu did, which it probably won't. No, I think right. they're going to do a good job of containing it. Just the same way that they did with SARS back yeah. in, uh, what was that? SARS was early 2000s, was I think. Yeah. Okay. There was SARS and there was MERS mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very possible. And uh, that, like I said, there's things that make it scarier now, and that's like global travel, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the idea yeah. that, you know, in 1918 with the Spanish flu, like there was no 
real commercial air travel. There certainly wasn't commercial air travel overseas. Right. So yeah, if you sure. wanted to travel, you were getting on a ship. It was taking you two weeks to get to the other place. By that time, the virus has presented itself. You're sick. They can quarantine you. But right now, if I wanted, like any of us wanted to, we can roll over to Hartsfield Jackson, pick up a fucking flight straight to, you know, Beijing or whatever, and be there in under 24 hours without even showing any sign of the disease. Now, everybody's people are doing this. from that, we could fly to Rio, exactly. De Janeiro, well, like, and the next just, day. Just going you know? through the airport and yeah, bumping sure. into people. And that's that's like the scary thing is like the fact that global travel is so easy and prevalent now. So that's why I think a global pandemic is, is sort of like they say, it's not a question of if it's just when. Yeah. So it may not be this one. It'll be something, though, at some point. Oh, the mask know? companies are selling out. I think it was oh, yeah. Honeywell is a giant mask selling corporation. Okay. They've already sold out at multiple locations throughout mm-hmm. China, and they're issuing the masks to multiple flight attendants and staff and crew on airlines going in and out of all of the airports in that area. Okay. Yeah, so they're already issuing out masks huh. to the flight attendants and whatnot. Honeywell. What if they're the real evil guys that are like getting people That's sick? That's it. Just oh, the man. There it is. Big mask, man. Yeah. Big mask. <laughs> big mask. Hey, man, you want to make an omelet? You got to break some <laughs> eggs, baby. He said, stock is going up. The investors love this. Our plan for quarter four is to introduce a new novelty virus called the coronavirus <laughs> across the globe. Mask sales massively improved. Through the roof. Yeah. No, man. But, I'm, you know, it's funny. Someone out there believes that shit right now. Right. They're like, it's the mask company. It's big. Yeah, you're like. Big mask. Yeah, it's not just some fucking weirdo, like, chopping a snake up and selling it to somebody. <laughs> hey, you want snake steak, man? So, obviously, the scary thing, like I said, is the fact that global travel is so easy. But there are also reasons that make it less scary, which is that we've dealt with similar types of viruses, like we talked about, SARS, mm-hmm. MERS, and everything like that. And they didn't reach global pandemic levels. And there's also been massive advances in medicine since 1918. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And in 1918, you didn't have the CDC, you didn't have the World Health Organization, and uh, communication itself was much more difficult, and therefore coordination between the doctors, public health officials, and hospitals was like basically impossible. They didn't have Wi-Fi back then? Maybe they did. Hmm. What if the Allied soldiers were picking up like the German Wi-Fi signal from the trenches? <laughs> no, they got the fucking prisoners, they got them at knife point. What's the Wi-Fi <laughs> password? <laughs> Give it up! <laughs> never. I should never give it to you. Eats the cyanide That's tablet. It. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I'm fucking Kraut wouldn't give me his Wi-Fi password. <laughs> How am I supposed to play Battlefield 1 now? <laughs> oh, man. But the other thing I was thinking about, too, is I don't know if this is just... It's not just me, because I actually had to look into this, but is there a part of you guys that gets interested when like a potential global thing happens, it's like just, something out of a video game. Yes, it it's, feels like it's at like yeah. a movie, and you're just like, you don't want it to happen, but you're like, oh shit! Like you're on, <laughs> like you're on the edge of your seat, like it's an action film. I mean, it's it all always fun makes games me, until you get it. Yeah, it always makes me think of like Resident Evil and the Umbrella Corporation. Yeah. Like just like yeah. the whole globe is going to go down to like two percent or something like that. Yeah, and, it seems like it's a break from your mundane uh, office <laughs> office tasks, you know? you know. But I actually was looking into it because I was like, I can't be the only person that feels this way. Maybe people don't want to admit it, but at a certain point, there's like a, a little bit of stirring of like not excitement, but something along those lines where you're just fascinated by disasters. Right. And so I found this article called why we're all fascinated by disasters. (laughs) And according to this Dr. John Mayer, he's a clinical psychologist or whatever. 
He says a disaster enters into our awareness. This can be from a live source, such as driving by a traffic accident or from watching a news report about a hurricane, a plane crash or any disaster. He said this data from our perceptual system then stimulates the amygdala, the part of the brain responsible for emotions, survival tactics and memory. The amygdala then sends signals to the regions of the frontal cortex that are involved in analyzing and interpreting data. Next, the brain evaluates whether this data is a threat to you. Thus, judgment gets involved. So it's like basically priming you to, and the other guy was talking about like, yeah, you start making plans in your head. Like, how will I deal with this? Like, I'm like already, I'm like, well, I should probably pick up some ramen noodles and pop tarts and you know, some water store in the basement and we'll just hang out for like two weeks and I won't have to go to work. <laughs> just, I'll just wait there and I don't know, play Red Dead Redemption 2 for two weeks while, you know, the die off occurs. And that's, I think that's how everybody feels like you're going to be the survivor. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. the reality is I'll be down here with Ebola like, oh, <laughs> and my wife and son are like, don't go downstairs. He's dying out down there. They have to put pillows so they don't have to hear me scream. <laughs> oh, I'm just, would you die already? <laughs> Throwing smoke bombs down the stairs. Trying to smoke just turn out. the gas on down there. Hopefully he'll just kind of go peacefully. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the same thing with apocalypse porn, like prepper shit. People are always convinced that they're going to be the ones that not only survives, but also rises to the top of the food chain post-apocalypse and becomes some, some fucking warlord. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to die, dude. You'll be one of the ones to die. You guys remember I had my prepper neighbor. Yes. Growing awesome. Up, growing up. Oh, yeah, this that's right. Prior to Y2K, this guy built a shed in his backyard. And, of course, you know, we you can't really see what's in it. Obviously, we would sneak back there and look in the windows. And it looked like a bunker he had built That's underneath right. I remember it. this. Before he built it, he had dug out a bunker and then laid the foundation. And you can see there was a door leading down to almost an underground bunker mm. underneath his shed. Yeah. And in the shed, it was slammed full of canned goods. Yeah. You can see just shelves just full of canned goods. And yeah. it's like, man. Really ups the home value. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Who does not want a Y2K bunker in their I'll backyard? Honest, I would love to have one. I mean, <laughs> just to kind of get away. Yeah, it's one. your joint. It's your, <laughs> that's where you go to hang out, you know? It's the man cave. Yeah. That's an absolute, it's a literal man cave. Yeah. yeah. If like an Osama bin Laden man cave, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I doubt the Wi-Fi would be very strong down there, and especially like could get Netflix. That'd be, I don't know. I think you could figure something out. You know, get one of those Wi-Fi enhancers out in the shed. Well, do you remember too that he had a sex wing that was hung up? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding, but that would be your entertainment, basically. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna do? He's like, we can watch the fire, we can fuck. Uh, we I don't. Can heat that's up about all I got. Fire. Yeah. yeah, I got I'd a crossword you. puzzle. <laughs> So, long story short, the uh, Wuhan virus is probably not going to kill 1% of the population. But, you know, if it does, I guess it'll be interesting news to talk about. Right? Maybe Epstein was an early adopter. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what got him. He wishes, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for the uh, Fireside Chat. Fireside Chat. Fireside Chat. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, anybody that was on our Reddit AMA, thanks very much for posting in there and checking out what we uh, had on the Epstein episode and asking us questions, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. So man, that really was a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody that tuned into that. And check out what we've got posted already. We've got a number of shows up with a number of people with varying subjects and topics that we talk about. So check those out as well. Appreciate all the support everybody showed us. Yeah. And next week, we'll be back to our regular scheduled, scheduled programming. programming. There yeah. we go. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.